Welcome to Pathfinder Academy. Class is now in session. Here are your professors, Caleb and Christian. Good morning, class. You may be seated. Today's lesson is on the Werewood race. This is part of our race overview series where we go over all the possible player races. And right now we're on the Bestiary 4 races. Christian the Werewood, this is Paizo's attempt at giving you a player race that is a construct. Now, in the case of weirwoods, are they constructs? Are they um, little mechanical beings? Are they like golems? What exactly does a construct mean for a weirwood? Well, according to the book, though obviously a wooden construct, the small nimble creature moves fluidly and purposefully. So it's something fashioned essentially out of wood. I guess sort of like a, you imagine a, a doll coming to life. Not so much mechanical or clockwork. Okay, interesting. This relatively young race was created by a cabal of wizards who needed nimble and skilled construct servants to do their dirty work. This cabal, which is a fantastic word, by the way, was interested in creating magical machines, so they built their tools to be small, agile, and clever. That's also because it would help balance them being constructs. They also wanted to make them small. No. <laughs> Over time, the cabal pushed the limits too far and created minions with free will. Oh no, free will is too far. And these first Whirlwoods began to question why they were involved in their master's petty intrigues. When the wizards forced the Whirlwoods to fight each other as proxies for the wizards themselves, the constructs instead killed their creators and stole the notes on how to create more of their kind allowing them to perpetuate their race it's like they're playing magic the gathering except instead of throwing down cards like throwing constructs at each other and then the cards came to life and said yo we need to stop this all those wizards are now in the shadow realm <laughs> now i'm playing cards Warwoods are secretive and somewhat xenophobic and can seem cold and calculating to others a trait that could earn respect or enmity depending on the audience. Purely rational and unemotional Warwoods see the survival of the race as their primary goal. Even the rare Warwood, who understands the point of empathy and altruism, sees such concepts as mere tools to help ensure its own survival or that of its people. All Warwoods know how to create more of their kind, and they keep the details of their construction process secret from other creatures to make sure their race is never again enslaved. Most Warwoods are wizards or rogues. The few who are inclined to worship tend to revere lawful deities with strict codes of behavior which they follow to the leather rather than the spirit. Well, first off, I gotta say, these guys look really, really, really cool. I wish they were medium creatures because I totally want to play something that looks just like this. This looks so cool. Yeah, the size is the, the big turnoff for me. They, they Like, just looking initially at the art, I was a little confused because uh, on just the scale of them, like, exactly how small are they? They almost look like toys. Mm -hmm. uh, but I do agree that they, they are, they're sleek and they're, they're really neat looking. I'd imagine they are essentially, they're not listed as, you know, tiny or uh, diminutive creatures. They are small, so they're about the size of a halfling or a gnome. They kind of have a rocket raccoon vibe where you sort of like was constructed, experimented on, and, and you made into something that has that sort of size, but still that imposing presence. I absolutely love these things' backstory. I think it's really neat. It's the longest one we've seen so far of the Beast Cherry races. Oh, definitely. It's longer than some of the uh, uncommon races. I was interested to see that they, um, because the first thing I thought of when they started talking about it was like, oh, so like they can't reproduce. And they're like, nope, they all know how to reproduce um, and they don't tell anyone, which I think is interesting. But I was wondering, like, what if you played so, uh, like a race that knew like it couldn't have offspring, it couldn't perpetuate itself, that it had to survive if its race wanted to survive? I think it is very unique that they have an innate desire to survive, to perpetuate, even though it's not through any sort of biological sexual desire they have to consciously like craft a construct to keep their race going but they have this weird desire to do that it's very interesting 
Well, let's get into their stats, Christian. Warwoods are quick in calculating as construct warwoods do not have a constitution score. They get a plus two dex, a plus two intelligence, and a minus two to their charisma. Makes sense. These guys seem very, like, shut off from the world, like, you know, wary of everyone, uh, but smart enough to, even if they're not magical, you know, classes, still perpetuate their race. And, you know, the decks make sense for the, the roguish. I love small races that don't have a minus two to strength. Um, the Even the art has, it like, a little guy, a little wooden robot guy with daggers, which is, like, I immediately think of cool stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. And not having the minus two to strength makes that so much easier to achieve. Werewoods are just constructs. They don't have any special type. They are actually just a construct type. Uh, this is where all 20 of their RP comes from. Everything else nets out to zero, it looks like. Um, so... What exactly does it mean to be a construct, to be of the construct type? Uh, Caleb mentioned the first most important thing. They do not have a constitution score. Any DCs from class abilities or other statistics that rely on constitution score treat the construct of having a score of 10, no bonus or penalty. They have low light vision by default. They have dark vision by default. They are immune to any and all mind-affecting effects. Uh, That's charms, compulsions, morale effects, which is really important. Your bard can't use Inspire Courage uh, and other spells to buff uh, your construct friend. Patterns, phantasms, they are immune by default to a lot of things. Outside of the mind-affecting realm, they are immune to bleeding. They are immune to diseases, death effects, necromancy effects, paralysis, poison, sleep effects, and stun effects. Alright, so they're immune to a lot of stuff. Are there trade-offs for this? Yes, there is. A construct cannot heal damage on its own. So you you can't rest for the night as a construct and get hit points back. Uh, You can be repaired, though, via exposure to certain kinds of effects or through the use of the craft construct feat. Constructs can also be healed through spells such as Make Whole. A construct that gets the fast healing special quality still benefits from it, though. Back to what they're immune to, uh, their uh, construct is not subject to ability damage, ability drain, fatigue, exhaustion, energy drain, or the entirety of non-lethal damage. Whew, this is a lot. Since they don't have a con score, they are immune to any effect that requires a fortitude save. Which is, I don't know, maybe um, one-third of the saves you'll have to make. (laughs) A construct is not at risk of death from massive damage. Uh, It's a rule I don't see a lot of people use, but if you take more than like half your hit points in one hit, you have to make a fort save or die. You're immune to fort saves, so that doesn't happen. But what's interesting is that the second you hit zero hit points as a construct is you instantly die. Uh, you do not go into negatives, you do not get rendered unconscious. The second you hit zero hit points, you are gone. Which is also very punishing because a construct cannot be raised or resurrected via magic or any other effect. I think something that's important to mention is that you you said that they can't, they automatically succeed at all fortitude saves. That is unless the effect also works on objects or is harmless. Uh, constructs get bonus hit points based on their size. Uh, these are small-sized creatures, so they get 10 bonus hit points just for being a construct. And lastly, constructs do not need to breathe, they do not need to eat, and they do not need to sleep. That is all the benefits and drawbacks of being a construct. Uh, I feel, personally, that there are much more positives than negatives here. Oh, I agree. Mechanically, this is, this is very strong. I mean, I, I can't imagine... Just being like, oh, Fort says not a thing. Don't worry about it. Forget about it. I'm cool with it. That's amazing. 
Uh, I will say, though, that it is pretty big, you know, warning light that, oh, you can't get healed except by very specific ways. I'd like to know if a heal check could fix them. If you can, is it, if you, can you just flavor it that way? Or do heal checks be irrelevant and then can't fix them? They call out craft construct, but craft construct mentions nothing about healing them. I mean, I I don't know the truth of it. I'd argue no. Um, to re- to heal them would be to yeah. repair them. Uh, heal is typically a biological uh, healing, yeah. stitching together wounds. I would feel like a craft check would be much more appropriate and more of I what agree. they're going for. And there is a craft construct craft, right? Yes. So I feel like if you're a warwood, it that's a, necess- a necessity. Uh, which means that you are automatically putting a lot of points into something right off the bat and they're not available to use for the rest of your skills just to have a reliable way to heal yourself, which you need to have, especially if you're not a caster. And you really want to have because, you know, the second you hit zero hit points, there's no forgiveness. You are gone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Isn't it kind of funny that when it comes to like beasts and stuff, we like once they reach zero, we, we they die. But when it comes to PCs, we're like, all right, what's your con score? You got to reach negative, make make these saving throws. <laughs> no chance for double standards where there were wood. You're at zero, you're dead. So it's it's a big topic. Uh, this is obviously very strong. It's obviously very unique, and it it opens the Werewood up to be subject to a lot of spells that normally wouldn't affect PCs. You can think of you know if the Werewood is standing against some powerful being of some kind, they're going to either hire a wizard or be a wizard and learn spells that are going to specifically affect this small construct uh, in ways that, you know, wouldn't affect normal people. I love the idea of I'm playing this game and we come across something and the rest of the party can't get past something. And you're like, wait, this doesn't affect me. I can push through this part of the castle and open up the way to get you guys across because I can go through this poison gas. I don't breathe. And even if I could, it, it doesn't affect me. So you just waltz right through, and that'd be a fun way as a GM. That you have a lot of potential to sort of work that into your story. The do not breathe, eat, and sleep thing that does a lot for the for the role player out there. That is a lot of role playing potential. It's like a gem. How so? It's taking away what you can do. And I know that seems kind of counterintuitive. That's like with Google when you put and and you put or, it actually does the opposite of what you think and limits things and or expands the results you're going to get. Um, but it's when you have that sort of taken away, when you don't sleep, that poses the question, okay, everyone else is asleep. Caleb, what do you do? Uh, now I've got an opportunity there. And yeah, you've got to be able to trust your player. You might have something like where, you know, I don't want to have to detail what I do every night because I just don't feel like going off on my own. Or I have a player that's, he's sort of, he, he goes on his own all the time. Uh, I think we call him the loner in the party types and conflict episode. We'll maybe not let him be the construct or just have a default like, well, every night I just practice my instrument because I'm a musician or whatever, right? Uh, you can skip that if you need to, but I think the good player is going to monopolize on that time without taking too much of it and boring the rest of the party. And not not having to breathe or eat. There's a lot of things as humans that are just like annoying. Like freaking when God made us, he said, you know what? All right, they got to they gotta eat. They got to get rid of that stuff. And you know what? They got to, let's put breathing in there and drinking. Oh, so eat and drink. They can go through like two weeks of that, four weeks without some of that. But breathing, oh, they need to do that mm, every 10 seconds. You know, without having to do that, that opens up a whole world that you don't even think about. Walking underwater. If you happen to get a burrow speed, don't matter to me. I can be up there under there as long as I want. I can go in the freaking stratosphere and it doesn't matter anymore. Inject me into outer space. What do I care? There's a lot of cool things you can do with not having to breathe. 
and it opens up little role-playing opportunities. You all go out to eat because you're invited by some lord, and like you're this little construct just sitting at the table, and he's putting food in front of you. You're like, uh, I, I guess thanks, and you have to like pretend to eat it, not to be rude, and like you're putting on the table, feeding it to the royal dog. I also like the idea that you're worried about death. Everyone else around you seems to be like, you know, mortals are worried about death, but ironically enough, even as a construct, I'm a little more worried about you are because I've seen people like you take take your lumps and then recover from it. Once they break enough off of me, I cease to exist. There's no bringing me back. And even you mortals, when you are dead, I've seen you come back through rituals that your clerics can do. My race, we're, we're very transient. Once we're gone, we're gone. And I'm always seeking to, to, to make another one of me to keep my race going because I have this weird supernatural desire to keep my race alive, just like you do. And you can face some sort of like weird prejudices and things from other races that are biological, not understanding. They're like, what do you care? You're just a machine. And it's like, really? What, what separates me from you? We both have this desire. Just because you don't understand why I have it doesn't make me all that much different from you, does it? I get a lot of potential being a construct race. It's really cool to me. I mean, I don't get why humans want to have kids. <laughs> you and me both, brother. I mean, oh, hi, honey. I didn't know you were awake. No, yeah, I want 10 kids. But, uh, boy, is it, it is uh, a downside for me that they are small. I mean, that they look cool enough that I can deal with it and I can kind of work that rocket raccoon angle. I mean, that's, that's sort of cool. But, boy, I wish they were medium creatures. I mean, does it really need so much of a balance to give me a minus one penalty on a couple things? Because I'm getting bonuses on my fly checks and on my stealth checks. And on my attack rolls, I don't know if it's really actually that much of a balance thing as much as of a, a creative decision. I, I think it's more of a creative decision. It's a creative decision I actually like. I think I am more interested in this race in that if you just told me they were the construct people and they were just like humans, but constructs, I wouldn't be as interested. The fact that they're small, I think, does a lot to distance them from regular humanoids. I, th I think it does actually add a lot in this case. You know what I also like about the backstory? I like the idea that they turn on their creators. Like, you have, like, this inherent thing that anyone who comes across a Whirlwood and knows anything about their their backstories, something like, I feel like I can't fully trust a Whirlwood because it's in their nature to be like, uh-uh, you don't control me. They, in their nature, of their own accord, figured out, this is a bad rap. And, so, and they didn't even just run away like the Trox did. They done up and killed the people that were using them. <laughs> so if you, have a, if you have a Whirlwood ally, best to treat them well. If you have a Whirlwood enemy, you better be scared because all your options are not. You know what's really cool about being a construct is not being subject to ability damage and all that stuff. I mean, exhaustion can be a big problem. You can sleep in your armor all you want. Nobody cares. And although they're small, Caleb, they lose the worst part of being small. They have a normal speed. That is cool. Because that's honestly the worst part for me of being small. Not only am I a little physically weaker, but just moving around. I Everyone's got to consider like, but wait. The, the halfling over here moves 20 feet, 10 feet slower than everyone else. How is this going to affect us? Can you keep mm -hmm. up? Can you run away with us? Right. That's always a problem. Uh, but recently I, I had a thought, though, because uh, I remembered I was in Trailblazers 1. They had to run away from something, and a medium creature was slower than me else because he was a paladin and he had all this armor on. And so, like, even big creatures can slow down. There's always reasons and things to help overcome that and to cause that. Uh, but I'm with you, though. I like that. And it makes sense. They're supposed to be dexterous uh, and, like, you know, rogues and stuff. It helps that they're fast. They speak common, and if they have a high intelligence score, they can choose between draconic, dwarven, elven, gnome, goblin, or orc. Uh, makes sense that they can speak common because they were built to serve. They speak. Did, did that say they speak goblin? It does say that they can pick goblin. I need to somehow make a goblin where would combined. 
society story now. <laughs> uh, you know, of, of all the races, I feel like the goblins would make just a bunch of constructs and fight each other for fun. They actually probably hate goblins. Goblins probably just want to light them on fire. <laughs> That's true. Well, and why was I made of wood? <laughs> and they technically they don't really get anything else. What else they get is dark vision and low light vision, but they got that just by proxy of being a construct. So really all they have is their size, their construct, and they have their ability traits. And that's actually the entirety of the Whirlwood race. And and the extra 10 feet and their move speed for a small race. Yes. Yeah, Um, I think the backstory makes these guys, really. It's for, a very intriguing mm-hmm. backstory. I'm sorry, I should say the backstory and their type makes these guys. Something to keep in mind that we actually didn't mention, um, point buy is a very common thing to do. Just not having an ability score makes point buy no longer a valid option. You actually have to really heavily consider exactly how you're going to handle stat distribution when you have someone that's like, I don't do that. Like, just take one of them away. Nope. Definitely. Yeah, you might consider, like, if it's 20 point buy, giving them a little bit less of a point buy to keep them balanced. But yeah, not having a con score is is definitely something interesting. So if you want to make the strongest if you want want to take this race and break it i'm feeling like wizards the immediate place to go you could probably find spells that give you resistance to the things you're weak against because you're already you know you already took half of the options in the game off the table wizard could probably learn a spell to you know get the rest of the options off the table they have the plus two to int they're small so they have most of the bonuses for being a spellcaster that help them other than that i feel like they can take a heavy roguish direction uh you know small they're fast they have their stealth bonuses they have the plus two to dex yeah, the picture definitely is what makes me want to pick rogue i think that looks really cool but i love the idea of like a kineticist Whirlwood that's shooting fire like he's he's literally playing with fire he's made of wood and he's still like hurling fire but that's pretty cool to me they don't have conscores Oh my goodness, how would that work? They, they're, treated like the, the they're, they're treated like they have a con score of 10. So I feel like they would be a very bad kineticist. Oh. Ooh. It'd still be fun. Light fire and stuff. Ooh, an alchemist weirwood would be very interesting. Oh man, that's a good point. So this this their their type really can limit what classes they pick. Though when I think about it, really, there's very few classes that base stuff and scale stuff on con. I can really only think of the kineticist at the moment. Barbarian's got a couple things, and there's like a few feats, but as per class abilities, it's very rare that's based on con. Man, I I like the rearwood because just because every time I like think of a new class, I'm like barbarian warwood. That's interesting. Bard <laughs> warwood. That's interesting. I like that idea. Blood rager warwood. I I can visualize something completely different for each one. And to be honest, I'm if I'm doing this in one of my homebrews, I'm picking this backstory and only changing it slightly, if at all. It's very very well written backstory, in my opinion. That's the word with Christian. Let me ask you: for a construct race, do you think this is a good entry? Is it a good a good choice to have a good first entry? I think so. Um, it's obviously insanely powerful, just by factor of being a construct but i think they did a great job in making it more than anything incredibly interesting and not overbearingly powerful yeah well again i would like my player my players to ask me for any bestiary race before they pick it this one i feel pretty pretty reticent to say go ahead there's not a lot that makes me think oh you're gonna outshine the rest of the players it actually really would base on the kind of player type i have that i know he wouldn't sort of take things too far and whenever you want to, you know, put your whirlwind character in check, just, like, have random breathing contests, eating contest. <laughs> <laughs> and the only way to defeat the big, bad, evil wizard is a pie-eating contest. Begin! And y- your your friends suffocate, and you need to give them mouth-to-mouth. Oh, no, you don't have lungs! <laughs> 
Well, that's the Whirlwood, guys. It's a first construct race. Next and last for the Bestiary 6 entry is the Wervian. I love the Wervian. They're sort of like half-dragon dudes, and uh, I've used them in my campaigns. Can't wait to talk to you guys about them. It's the Wervian next. Thank you all for listening. Class is dismissed. Pathfinder Academy is part of the Trailblazer Network. For other great Pathfinder podcasts, visit our site, tblazer.net. Want to get in touch? You can email us at tblazernetwork at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at tblazernetwork. I've been Nicholas Laborde. Thanks for listening. Oh, hey, didn't see you there. My friend Christian and I were just playing some role-playing games. Hey, Caleb, do you think these guys would be interested in joining us? You know, I bet they would. I mean, if they listen to Pathfinder Academy, they gotta be cool, right? If role-playing games are your thing, why don't you guys check out our other podcast, Trailblazers? Trailblazers is an actual play podcast where you can see many of the concepts addressed in this show come to life. Season 2 of Trailblazers has been great so far, and I especially like that you can get into it without any prior knowledge of Season 1. It's definitely a fun adventure, especially if you like mysteries and a dash of cyberpunk with your fantasy. If high fantasy is more your style, then consider giving Season 1 a listen. You can listen to Trailblazers on this very feed. We've got a bunch of other ways to listen as well, so go to our site tblazer.net for a complete list of the ways that you can listen. So go ahead, grab some dice, and join us. Alright Christian, you come across an obviously important character to the plot, what do you do? I immediately shoot him in the face. Ugh, Christian. Hey Andrew, you want to play some D&D tonight? No, I, I can't, you're not real. None of this is real! 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 Mental divergence can be a tricky situation, but we here at Tales from the Lich can be your hand in the infinite darkness. When you can't play, listen. TalesfromTheLich.com